Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, where each week we talk three topics from the world of rugby league. Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni, and you're listening to episode three of Chasing Kangaroos. Back with me, as he is each week, my good mate Charlie Monty. Chuck, how's it going, man? Mate, I'm really, really good. Excited to be back for episode three, ready to get stuck into it. We sure are, and with us again this week, the former Washington DC Slays halfback, the Greek god of Oztag, and former Parramatta Eels junior, Jake Watson. Welcome back to the show, buddy, by popular demand. <laughs> I'm excited to be back, mate. Definitely feeling a lot better than last week. I think tonight's got some great topics, and I think it'll be a good show. Mate, it will be, it will be. We've got some good topics lined up, and I've got to say, Charlie and I were a little bit nervous. We thought we might lose you this week. We read a little rumour online that uh, you wanted to follow your dreams and uh, ask for a a release from your contract to uh, join an NFL podcast. Um, no need to worry, mate. I'm not going anywhere. No truth for life. Excellent. <laughs> because, because you are uh, one of the favourites. Chuck, we've had a lot of good feedback this week. Mate, there has been a lot of uh, positive feedback, actually. A lot of new follows, a lot of new listeners, a lot of reviews. Um, look, I think a lot of the new listeners, frankly, probably thought that we were a hunting podcast, and that's why <laughs> they subscribed. But hunting enthusiasts, hang around. Everybody... Look, they stuck around, they listened to both episodes. That's uh, right. What know. I did notice, though, guys, is still no whales, which means Carps escapes another week without singing the song. Mate, I'm quite happy not to sing the whales theme song. They didn't follow us. Uh... No, look, we're not giving up on that just yet. Whales, official rugby league Instagram account. Give us a follow, and if you do, Carbs will be singing your victory song at the end of that episode. Surely we have to have a deadline. Like, we can't... I think we just let it run. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to let it run. I think that's a good idea. Damn it, Wales. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get stuck in. We've got three topics again this week. Let's go for it. And topic number one. So the America's Cup, it's over. Jamaica into the World Cup now. They've qualified, much to our surprise, or maybe not to yours, Jake, but... um. Really want to talk about our final thoughts, what we've learnt. I'd like to talk a little bit about each of the nations who participated, how they went, and I guess what's next or what should be next for each of them. So obviously we're going to start with Jamaica. Um, Massive success. We're all excited that they've qualified for this World Cup. I guess a little bit shocked as well. But um, Jake, what do you think, mate? You watched this game, Jamaica versus USA. What were your thoughts on the match in general? It was actually a very entertaining game, Carl. Yeah, definitely. Plenty of skill on show from both sides. The second half was a great defensive effort. The score remained the same, 16-10, which is what it was at halftime. One for the purists. Yes. Um, it was a good battle up front between the two forwards, Lamont Bryant and Mark Offendale from USA. Yep. They were going at each other all game, both making good metres. I think the standout players was the Leeds Rhino fullback and man of the match, Ashton Golding, who actually played hooker, which was a last-minute move from the coach. And Beretta Farimo from the USA tried his heart out all game. But in the end, I think it was just the speed around the ruck for Jamaica, which was brought on by their man of the match, was what got them over the line. These guys were evenly matched throughout the whole thing. And I think last week we said... Um, I, look, we I think we thought USA would take this one out. But what we did say was that if they made some early mistakes, that Jamaica would maybe be able to capitalise on that. They did. America were very ill-disciplined in that first half. They made, they gave away plenty of penalties. Uh, Jamaica punished them. They went up 16-0 early. Uh, USA clawed their way, way back 16-10. And I think at half-time we said to each other, Jake, you know, USA should come home, um, which is what we expected to happen last week. I think that's week. what everyone expected. But it, but it didn't. And, and to Jamaica's credit... Um, I think you could see how much it meant to them at the end of the game as well. I mean, they got, they got a few players like that. Lamont Bryant that's playing up front for him. 
He played. He was back in their first ever Jamaican side back in 2009. So he's been there through it all. So I think it's great to see him getting some results now. It means so much to these guys. Um, I think it means so much to Jamaica as well. Um, Romeo Monteith was saying that people laughed at him nine years ago when he said that he wanted to build rugby league in that country. Um, but he's doing it. Um, they're now asking government for funding so that they can get their own home ground in Kingston. Um, I think it's going to be great. You know, If they can get some kids growing up playing rugby league in Jamaica, it's going to be fantastic. Um, credit to the boys from UK, they're heritage-based players as well. There was a few of those. They've been together for a while now. And I think um, that showed in the game. You could, re you could really see it. Um, Chuck, I really want to ask you, so Jamaica qualifying for this World Cup, what does that mean for the sport? Well, look, I don't think it adds a serious contender for the World Cup. They're, they're not... I mean, let's not pretend for a second that they're a genuine... They're not world beaters, no. They're not yeah. world beaters, but... I think we've got a team in the World Cup that's never competed in the World Cup before, a team from that part of the world that's never competed in the World Cup before, which is absolutely fantastic. I think it adds a different element to the World Cup. Um, it's exciting. And I think more broadly, it tells these aspiring nations who are just starting out in the code that within you know within a decade, within a decade yeah. they could be playing in World Cups if they follow the path that Jamaica has. So I think all round, not just for Jamaica, but for emerging nations generally, it's a huge positive for the game. Guys, Romeo Monteith, he's saying that he wants to get game more games against World Cup quality opposition uh, over the next two years in the lead-up. I think that's really important. Um, is there anything else you guys think they need to add to that? I guess if they could find a couple of players in key positions, I mean, their fullback Ashton Golding, is a good fullback. Yeah. So if they could find a hooker so that he could play his natural position, I, that's only going to benefit them. I think it's very fitting that the World Cup is in England in 2021. Um, a lot of people of Jamaican heritage living over there. I think if they market things co this correctly, that they can get a really good following and add a little bit of a party vibe um, at, at their games. I'm not going to say it's going to be as huge as what we saw for some of the island nations here in the um, World Cup in Australia, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. Um, but... If we can get a little bit of a party going on for these Jamaican games, it's definitely going to add a new flavour to this Rugby League World Cup that we're not used to really seeing in any other sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge positive. But speaking of the World Cup, boys, we've spoken uh, what this means for Jamaica. Um, what does this mean? What does this loss mean for the USA? Where do they go from here? And what is their path to the World Cup? Look, it's, it's a massive loss for the USA, mainly because they probably expected to be going through they were going to be the American side that goes through here. Um, the good news for them is they will have another opportunity next year. So there's five spots left of the 16 for the for the 2021 World Cup. Four of those will go to European sides and they'll be decided in the next, uh, I think it's next year or the year after. Um, but USA will get one chance up against either South Africa or the Cook Islands. Uh, that will be their final shot. I, I think, think it's, it's important that they make it. With the World Cup being yeah. there in 2025, if the USA miss out on this World Cup, I think it's going to be a big hit to international rugby league. Jake, you played in the USA domestically, so you're probably the best person to speak about what they need to do next. Obviously, they need to qualify. Um, what do you think they need to do in the next 12 to 24 months to, to get there? I think it's same things that always come up, I guess. it's. I mean, I think if they can somehow get college players that don't make the NFL across to the rugby league, I think that's going to benefit because there's some very talented players that kind of go nowhere once they leave college. 
Mate, when you were over there, did you find that, so most, you were playing for the Washington DC Slayers, they no longer exist now, but did you find that most of the guys that you were playing with, were they expat Aussies and Kiwis, uh, were they ex-college footballers, or were they rugby players that just wanted to have a go at something different? Most of them are rugby union players that are just playing in the off-season to rugby union. Yeah. They all come from the same team. You get your few Aussies that are living over there, but they don't class as... Um, Imports. Import players, as like myself, yeah, because yep. each team is allowed three imports, yeah. So it was good to have a few of them, but yeah, a lot of them are rugby union. That you might get the odd ex NFL player, yeah, but they're very talented people, the, the NFL players. So I think it's a waste that once they don't make the NFL, they just stop playing sport, yeah. Well, they've been in athletic programs that we can't even fathom the scale of from a very, very young age. These are the absolute, you know, primo. Athletes, Jake, I think you're 100% right that we should be doing more to, to tap into that. Boys, I mean, Canada, what, what are they aspiring to now? Where What what has to be their short and medium-term thinking um, coming out of the America's Cup? I think Canada need to really be playing more international rugby league. So, look, they should be... And I know money can sometimes be an issue, but Canada and USA... I mean, it's silly that they're not playing each other every year. Mm. Um, the big thing is also, I guess, the Toronto Wolfpack. Mm. If they can figure out their pathways, um, maybe lead into that Toronto Wolfpack side, get the Wolfpack into the Super League, then you know Canada could be anything, and we could be seeing them being the American side that qualifies for 2025. I definitely don't think they should be written off. I remember two years ago they won the Colonial Cup and beat both of the teams, Jamaica and USA. Definitely. To win that. So. Definitely. Well, I guess the good news is that we've got... Um, some very good competition, especially between USA, Jamaica, and Canada. And if they keep playing each other and building up together, then who knows what what that region could look like in 10, 20 years' time. And uh, well, that brings us to the last team in the tournament, obviously Chile. I yep. mean, they... Um, if you just purely are basing it on results and score lines, um, it would be easy to, to say that it was a disappointing America's Cup for them. But... Oh, but, mate, they weren't expecting to do well. I, I think they wouldn't have been surprised with the score lines themselves. Um, they were happy just being there. Uh, they've played, you know, mostly their competition has been other South American sides. They've had an opportunity to step up, see what the next level looks like, and now they could sort of go back, um, regroup, and, I guess, figure out what they need to do to get to that next level. Um, I think for me and Jake, you tell me if you saw it differently. Um, I really thought that, you know, they were very slow around the play of the balls. They didn't have a lot of ball play um, or any sort of set plays. But to me, it just meant that, you know, this is a group of guys that haven't had a lot of football together. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. It was always going to be tough for the Chile side as well. They weren't able to take a full squad over. Yeah. And they played that last game against Canada without their halfback which is a huge loss in any team, really. I think they lost a front rower as well, so, you know, they were down a couple. Um, I think what they need to do next is, I guess, build on the experience that they've gained. So, like, there was a lot of heritage players um, in this side. Uh, they've shared their experiences and, and their talent with some of the domestic Chilean players. Um, they need to take that back now to their domestic clubs and, and teach everyone what they've learned. Um, look, I'm really, I've, I'm really impressed to hear about the the amount of teams in this domestic Chilean um, competition. So I've heard that there's up to 12 uh, running around there at the moment. They're starting again in March. Um, this sort of came out of nowhere for me. 
if they can keep growing the game domestically in Chile, then then who knows? In nine years' time, we might be talking about them like we're talking about Jamaica. Well, they're saying all the right things. I mean, their coach Rodrigo Miller has said that he thinks growing the game domestically is of the ultimate importance, getting that domestic comp thriving and strong. And he's also said that he wants the national side playing regular footy. So these are all the things that um, you know I think all emerging nations should be aspiring to. Um, Jake, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the format of the America's Cup. So it's come under scrutiny this year. So last year, all the all the teams played each other. There were only three. Um, with the introduction of Chile this year, and I understand it was a little bit last minute, the way it was all thrown together, but um, there was a, two double headers. Uh, the winners of the first game played off for a qualification. The losers played off, I guess, for, for ranking points. Um, was that the best way to do it, or how should they do it next time? I don't know if it is. I think it's better if everyone plays each other once. I mean, you've got teams like Canada who are losing the first game and knowing their fate straight away. Yeah. They don't, don't get a chance to go away, fix things, and possibly come back and beat the teams like USA and Chile and still be alive. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we can all agree that the America's Cup has been phenomenal. Um, one of the big highlights for me was being able to watch this live uh, through Facebook feeds. So you got to thank the Toronto Wolfpack for, for actually paying for that and making it happen. Um, I saw at some points, you know, a thousand people watching the feeds, which was pretty, pretty cool. Um, I, re- I also want to shout out to our friend uh, and fellow podcaster, Nate Gladden from the Rugby League America podcast. Uh, Nate uh, called the Chilean and Canadian game. Um, and then he was called up to also commentate for the USA Jamaica game. He'd be uh, disappointed that his USA Hawks didn't make the didn't make it, uh, but Nate, they'll get another chance. He and, was actually really good. Yeah, he, was great. he was referencing NFL um, plays to help the Americans understand the game. He, uh, was, he was very good. Yeah, it's he a was difficult, all... difficult job trying to broadcast and trying to commentate a game for an audience that might not necessarily understand the um, intricacies of that game. And I thought he did a really good job. And it was also really funny. Um, he he had some comments about uh, the three bold forwards from Canada, <laughs> yeah. which um which which I liked. And look, I think he did really well. And for me, like just hearing a guy with an American accent talking with such knowledge and passion about the game fantastic so nate well done man and look thank you for the advice you've given us as well uh, along the way for our podcast there was hope... one sorry one funny <laughs> comment i seen on facebook um regarding nate's commentary it was actually an australian guy which popped up and said that he's finding nate's commentary very entertaining and he actually puts channel nine on mute to watch the game so that's, <laughs> that's saying something but no <laughs> absolutely you're right cubs and hearing um Hearing someone commentate a game of rugby league in an American accent, Cubs, I think you were telling us before that gave you a little rugby league boner. You were <laughs> well, guys, our next topic for the night. Yeah, uh... topic number two. We don't normally talk player transfer news on the show, but um, this is one that actually has the potential to have ramifications for international rugby league, and that is news in the week that Valentine Holmes has requested and has been granted a release to pursue his dream of playing in the NFL. Carbs, what did you think? Mate, I was a little bit shocked by it. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him wanting to play for the North Queensland Cowboys uh, because he wanted to be a little bit closer to his family. Um, I didn't realise the USA was closer to Townsville than Cronulla was. <laughs> but um, look, he's been granted release and, and good on him. I mean, he's 23. He's an incredible athlete. 
Um, if that's what he wants to chase, then that's fine. Um, I actually think it could be good for the game internationally. It could help the brand of the NRL over in, in, in the States. Um, and look, if he, if he doesn't succeed, he's 23 now. He can come back when he's 25 and tear it up in the NRL once again. But guys, um, look, to talk to us about this topic, we've got a very special guest today. Uh, Dwayne Kennett uh, joins us on the phone. Uh, Dwayne, how are you? Yeah, it's none of your business how I am. <laughs> I know how I am. That's all that matters. You guys just worry about how you are. Don't you worry about how Dwayne, I am. Dwayne, um, well, look, it's good to have you on anyway, mate. I want to know, um, have you read the news about Valentine Holmes? Oh, you know, I'm not two years old. Of course I can read. Of course I read it. What kind of question is that? So well, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm not going to sit here and speculate about Valentine Holmes. Um, yeah, that's for you blokes to do in the media. <laughs> That's what you, you've always done. That's what you'll always do. I don't get paid to speculate. So it's got nothing to do with me. I'm not going to sit here and talk about Valentine Holmes. Uh, so, so, Dwayne, if, if you're not going to talk about Val Holmes, why are you here? Oh, well, I didn't rig myself, did I, mate? <laughs> you blacks have, <laughs> have called me. So can't, you want to talk about Valentine I don't want to talk about Valentine Holmes. Can't, so. can't you just give us a few thoughts? Oh, well, since you blokes won't let it go... Um, Valentine Holmes is a brilliant rugby league player, okay? So if he stayed here, he was going to earn a million dollars a year, all right? He goes over there. I don't know why you're laughing. Oh, if you're not going to take it seriously. Anyway, so, like I said, if he stays here, he earns a million dollars a year, all right? He's one of the best players in the game. He goes over there, your base salary is what? Half a million dollars, okay? So he's taken a pay cut of half a million dollars. Half a million bucks to go over there and play. I mean, this bloke must really love passing a fucking football forward, I'll tell you what. But if he makes it, Dwayne, the rewards are huge. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what the rewards are. You can, you can speculate about that. Dwayne... It's been great having you on, mate. Uh, hopefully, we can get you on uh, again next season. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm busy. I'm very busy. <laughs> Thanks, Dwayne. Well, our final topic for the evening, guys. Uh, the Super League, they've introduced Golden Point Extra Time for season 2019. Uh, the move is among, among a series of what has been described as exciting innovations. Uh, going through the list, it looks like they've stolen most of them from the NRL. Um, guys, other changes include reduction of the interchange from 10 down to 8 and the shot clock for scrums, dropouts and conversions to reduce time wasting. Guys, what are your thoughts on um, on the change changes from Super League and in particular Golden Point? Well, I just look, I, I feel like the Super League is constantly unsettled. They're always looking for that hook. They're constantly tweaking and changing rules and changing competition structure. Well, the NRL does too, to be fair. But... That's true. That's true. But I feel like with the Super League, there are always these major changes that they think are going to completely reinvigorate the game. Um, I'd actually like to see the Super League stay a little bit constant for, for a little while. But um, look, Jake, in particular with the Golden Point, what, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, we've seen it here in the NRL for quite a number of years. Um, you know, is do you like it, and do you think it's a good idea to implement it in the Super League? Well, I personally have never liked Golden Point. Uh, I don't think it does any good for the game. It turns the game into a field goal shootout. Doesn't promote attacking football. 
I've never been a fan. People say that it adds excitement to the game, but I personally believe that sharing, splitting the points for teams that deserve it, getting a point each is a better result in and some cases. Especially in the UK where, you know, these guys, you know, obviously they're all watching the Premier League as well. They, they're not, they're not um, strangers to a draw. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if they were going to do anything, I would have liked to see them bring in a golden try, possibly. A bit more exciting. Promotes attacking football. It means people, the teams have to actually throw the ball around to try and get the win. Yeah, true. Well, I guess, look, the good thing for me is that, you know, I agree that golden points maybe not the greatest, doesn't give us the greatest outcome, but it is good to see that the, the rules are aligning for the NRO and the Super League, so we're getting more of a consistent... Um, rugby league product across the globe the only thing really missing now is the two referees which we could probably debate about for a while as well so they haven't implemented that just yet but look I think overall um, despite the fact that we're not the biggest fans of Golden Point Extra Time that it could be a good thing to see uh, see some alignment in the rules yeah good to see some consistency but I think generally we're in agreement that we're we're not fans of Golden Point as a concept Gentlemen, another great night. That's three topics out of the way. I certainly had a lot of fun tonight recording episode three with you guys. Um, I've got a few results and uh, future fixtures that I'd like to talk about just to wrap the show up. Before I do that, uh, our resident lawyer, Charlie, uh, you've got a little bit of a, of a disclaimer for one of our topics. Yeah, just, a, just a little legal disclaimer coming out of segment two. Um, Dwayne Kennett is a purely fictional character <laughs> and any similarities to other super coaches either real or fictional, are purely coincidental. Yeah, I think uh, very important. But look, I think we'll get Dwayne back at some point, uh, maybe at the end of this show. Let's see what <laughs> happens. But um, guys, results. Uh, obviously, we've already spoken about the America's Cup results, so I won't go there again. Um, big one for me, you know, with my Italian heritage, but the Saluzzo North West Roosters, they became the first Italian club side to win on French soil uh, in the last week. So they won 36-16 against Vedani. Uh, probably pronounced that incorrectly. Now, Cubs, can you explain to me before, because apparently the French Division North 2 isn't the second division of the French Rugby League. Yeah, that's right. So the the Roosters are playing in the French Division North 2. Um, it's pretty much Division 3 or 4 in terms of their level of quality and compared to the Elite 1 and Elite 2 competitions. Um, but I guess the good news for Saluzzo is it's it's a slightly better quality than than the Italian club um, rugby league competition so it's a step up for them and um, hopefully we see them continue to rise why are they in the french division cup mate i guess they just wanted to challenge themselves a little bit um, and also saluzzo uh, is quite close to the french border um, they still play uh, against um, italian sides as well in the italian comp but i guess um just it was an opportunity for them to try and grow their skills and, and improve and and now that they've had their first victory on uh, French soil carbs, is there any truth to the rumour that they're going to change their name to Sir Wino? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Charlie. <laughs> Maybe we can speak to their marketing department and uh, try and get that one across the line. <laughs> Guys, speaking of um, French rugby league, so the Elite One begins this weekend. Uh, the French competition. Um, I've kind of been looking forward to it and, and looking forward to doing some research and giving you guys some information about it. But to be honest, uh, I've got a bit of a beef with French Rugby League because there seems to be no information online. Yeah, I've heard nothing. I'm not sure what's going on, um, but I'd like to know about it. We've, we've tried to touch base with the French Rugby League Federation uh, for some information. I'm not sure if they just uh, 
refused to speak English because you know when I when I went to Paris they <laughs> I'm sure they could speak English but they didn't want to um, so maybe it's a little bit of a bit of that but um, look we want to know more about the elite one I'll try and dig a little deeper as as games happen um, and hopefully we can give you some information guys in the future um, the other big comp starting soon so the South American Championship is being played in Sao Paulo Brazil uh, 24th 25th November um, this is going to be a, a tri-nations between Brazil, Colombia, and Argentina. Um, there will also be a nines, men's, and women tournament as well. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Chile played in the South South American Championship last year, but obviously due to the Americas qualifiers, um, they're not playing this year as well. Should be a big one. Um, and finally, I just want to shout out to Chris and the team uh, from the El Salvador Rugby League. Um, Chris reached out to us. Uh, early in the week just to let us know about the plans for El Salvador. The guys are doing a lot of work. Uh, nothing's been set in stone yet, but they're looking at uh, potentially playing Thailand and the Solomon Islands in Australia, uh, possibly playing Puerto Rico in the USA, and also playing a game in their native El Salvador against Mexico. So I'm um, plenty in the works, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it very soon. Yeah, good work so to everyone involved there at El Salvador. Guys, and if there's anyone else out there like Chris and the team at El Salvador that want to share some news with us, we're more than happy to talk about it. We absolutely love this stuff. So hit us up on Instagram, DM. That's the best place to do it right now. It's at Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. That's right. While you're there, give us a follow as well. Um, and if you're liking the podcast, please tell your friends, uh, like, rate, share, review, subscribe, review. all those good things. And if you know who runs the Wales Rugby League Instagram page, get them to follow us as well. Mate, no one wants me to sing their theme song, so don't worry about that, Wales. If you're listening, just uh, don't like, don't don't give us a follow. But guys, um, as you all know, we have a little. It's only episode three, but we already have a very special sign off that we like to uh, like to conclude each episode with. So tonight we're going to bring our special guest, Dwayne. Kennett back on the phone to uh, to give us that little sign off. Dwayne, can you help us out? Yeah, what's the matter? And mate, uh, how would you like to sign off the show for us? Well, I'm not signing for you, Nagali. <laughs>